0: crowd this morning, isn't it? 8 o'clock. It's very good. Uh, we just ask God to help us today to the anointing, the power of God. We thank you, God, that uh, you bless you bless this meeting. We thank you, which we've already had, and we thank you that we will continue. And uh, today, we, we're um, going to speak today about, you know, we're talking about mountains. Peter preached an excellent message last week on Everest and all the things that it takes to, to conquer that. Some of the uh, you know, some of the dangers, and uh, we're going to continue that theme. And uh, this morning I want to talk about about mountains, but not so much uh, the natural mountains, but some of the spiritual mountains that each of us must at some stage conquer. And um, <clears throat> probably some of the things that, uh, you know, that every one of us face, the, the reality of, of, of the real pressures in, in our lives, right? And this, this has been probably um, very much a part of, uh, what we've gone through, you know, my, my life and family and, and putting a family together. And I'd say those things would be, firstly, your marriage. Probably one of the biggest mountains that, that we've had to conquer, you know, is overcoming in relationships. You know, your children. Uh, the, other, the other major thing is in, in every every life and every marriage and every uh, business is money. Money's always been a very big, uh, a very big issue. You know, and... and uh, and 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 these are things. These are real challenges that uh, will will every every everybody in this room has been challenged in these areas. Is that correct? You know, we're always every marriage has been challenged. There there are some significant and some more than others. But you will go through things, and and uh, and and these things are there, and and they're hurtful, and they're offensive, and and they're things that you have to overcome and conquer. You know. And um, the the other thing is the uh, you know is is your personal sanctification. You know, personal, personal sanctification and, and living godly is one of the greatest and, and I, I think most important of all the challenges that we'll face. And you want to call it a mountain, it's a mountain. You know, for your life and sustaining your life, not for a year or two years, but having a, a, an ongoing definite commitment for your, for your sanctified life. You know, in uh, one, uh, Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3, it says, and this is the will of God. Your sanctification is very important to God, but even more important to you. And uh, keeping yourself on a life with God. and um, But, you know, um, I just want to talk a couple of those things. <clears throat> when I got saved, uh, you know, I got saved in 1982 and uh, my wife didn't get saved. Uh, Rita was a very, um, you know, Rita, Rita was a great girl. I loved her intensely and passionately. And uh, <clears throat> and uh, when I got saved, uh, you know, Rita never, she never, ever played around. She never, ever drank. She didn't drink. She didn't smoke. She didn't do drugs. Never, not even once. And uh, she didn't, didn't run around, but yet she was, uh, she was a very, um, you know, quite an aggressive type of person. And uh, I realised that after the third left hook. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, we had many, many punch-ups, and uh, many punch-ups. And, uh, you know, especially the time when uh, I wouldn't get Benny uh, Jessica water baptised uh, in the Catholic Church. And her mother was on to her about getting that done. And she lost it. And she used to lose it, right? She used to lose it. And I uh, talk about Mary Magdalene having a few issues, and uh, and and uh, she she ran at me 100 miles an hour. She's not here today. She's gone to Launceston today for a week, so I can talk about it. Isn't that fantastic? <laughs> and, uh, and and, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, it's really good that this has not been uh, re- video. There's no video recording of this today. And uh, and I just really uh, really ask you all to respect. <laughs> those things and uh, Rita ran, she ran, ran about probably 15 feet across across the room and at the last bit she let go and did a full dive with a knife in front <laughs> and she, she used to lose it like that and I picked her up and I threw her up against a, a brick wall, had a nice arch and everything in it but she landed right beside the arch, she didn't get the arch and uh, she slammed her head straight into the back of the brick wall. Nearly knocked her unconscious and she slid down the wall like you see in the movies, like a cartoon character. And uh, <laughs> so that was that was our life, you know. And uh, now, I, I was saved by this time, okay? I was saved. I was born again. I was spirit-filled. I was speaking in tongues. And uh, I love my wife. And uh, she, she used to ring up uh, Kevin and Beverly, basically Beverly, and she'd uh, ring Beverly up. And she'd uh, she'd use profanities that you wouldn't hear on a, on a job site, and <laughs> at Beverly, and uh, and you know Beverly sounded very upsetting. I found it very upsetting, and uh, you know so you got these challenges there. Now I've ever had a mountain that was a mountain, and uh, and I decided that you know what was I going to do with this mountain, and uh, was I going to leave it, and I asked God, do I leave, you no, know, do I separate from this relationship? It doesn't seem to be going that well, and I never got that from God, you know, and uh, all I got was. Is that, um, and, and many, many times I was trying to do stuff, and God spoke to me over and over again and said, and said that you're trying to achieve, you're trying to achieve in the natural what can only be achieved in the spiritual. And uh, I set myself a course where so I said, I'm going I'm to conquer this thing, you know, with God's help. And uh, I set a course of action to fast one day a week, and I did that uh, every week, you know, for the first year and I was going to pray, and I built it up in three months, built it up to two hours every morning from 4.30 to 6.30, with Telstra ringing me at 4.30. And I did that, and I, put on, I had a list of, of almost 90-odd, over 90 goals, and Rita was a major part of that. I've seen change come to her life, and uh, been able to take on this mountain, where, and, uh, you know, which was impossible. It was impossible. You know, and uh, and, and like I, I'd be driving along the road saying, I'm going to Vanuatu on a mission trip. She said, no, you're not. I said, yes, I am. I've already booked. She said, you're not going. I said, I am going. At 100 Ks long, near Meridian, I've got this uh, backhander as hard as you could possibly think it'd hit. Rita was a banana pack. She was strong arms and fast. And uh, she got this backhander as hard as she could hit straight across while I was driving. That's how she used to lose it. And, uh, and you know what? And, and then I, I gave her another backhander back. That's all I could do to calm her down. And then knocked her senseless. <laughs> And, and I felt really bad about that. And so I've got this, this, this mountain here. And we've got a, I've made a decision we're, we're going to beat this thing. And uh, so I started praying and, um, and I started to see change, you know, uh, instant change. It got much worse. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I've often thought about Mary Magdalene. You know, you can take Mary Magdalene. Jesus could have took her. They could have put her through a new Christian's class. They could have done all the counselling with her and told her about all the all the woes and you know, the, your lifestyle hasn't you know it's not conducive to you know to living well, and uh, all the counselling and, and and all the stuff that they could have done, but Jesus cast out seven devils, because you know you can counsel somebody, take them through the Christian class and teach them the Bible inside out, and uh, they've still got seven devils hanging around, and every time they go to do something, you know it, it, there's that there, there there is these things these voices. They could say, you can't do it, you won't do it, you're no good, no one loves you, they hate you, don't you know your pastor doesn't like you, no, he didn't talk to you today. Has anybody had that experience? <laughs> Is that true? So Mary, 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 you know, and it's like this here, and, and God spoke to me and says, you know, he said, you're, you're, trying to, you're trying to overcome in the natural what can only be done in the spiritual. And uh, so I started to tear this thing out and tear it down. And over the course of a year... You know, and just working away, and uh, doing all the stuff, and the next year, um, not seeing a real lot of of uh, change, not not enough to what, what I wanted, so I started fasting two days a week, and I did that for the rest of that year. The second year, I fasted two days every week, and uh, and, and and I prayed still the two hours every day, and uh, it was Christmas time, on the first year, that. Uh, I went to, uh, Rita came to church, she never came to church, but it was Christmas, so being a Catholic, she came to Christmas time, and Bev Dales was there, Kevin Bev Dales, and Beverly said, Rita, um, I uh, I have a word for you, will you come out? Rita said no, in front of everybody, so she sat there, she said, do you mind if I pray for you where you are? And she just stood there and nodded her head, And, um, and, and, and God had spoke to me, I was seeking God for my goals and prayer goals to what to pray and how to pray to bring, to bring Rita out of where she was and bring her into, you know, into, into a Christian lifestyle. And, um, and, and, and I was quoting, I was always praying that year of Jeremiah chapter 1, it's time to, to pull out, to plug out, to root out of these things of her life, to pull them out, get them out, you know, get out. <laughs> and, uh, and I was quoting the scripture in my prayer life and, um, and, and, and God spoke to me and said, this has been a year... And and I heard that word again from Jeremiah chapter one. This is what you've done. But this coming year, I want you to begin to build the word of God into Rita's life, to start to speak the word and to build the word, to speak it into a life. And um, and and uh, and so I, So I said, well, that's what I'm going to do. I looked at all these scriptures. That I started to speak into Rita's life for who she was and what you know, all the promises for your wife and all the promises that you know that the unbelieving partner is sanctified by the believing partner and all those things that I just put that over life and I wrote them all down. I still have my prayer book. Uh, at home, that right back from 1984. And, um, and, and so we, uh, we went to church just before Christmas, and on, um, Bev was prophesying this, and she prophesied over Rita read of where she was, at, bang on, all good. And at the end of it, she said, and my daughter, the building program has just begun. The building program. God spoke to me a week earlier when I was fasting. I fasted, a, a, I think it was quite a while, and I uh, just asked God for my prayer goals for next year. And God spoke that to me in that fast, and said this is the time where you begin to build the word of God into a readers' life and uh, we're talking about mountains you know I'm talking about bringing change now this 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 particular mountain was was a marriage wife mountain you know thing that had to change in order for us to go ahead anywhere this had to change now uh, I'm, I am convinced that if I didn't work with God in this it would not have changed we would not be married we wouldn't have our beautiful kids we wouldn't have so many things you know and and uh, so and Beverly said, the building program has just begun. God says, I want you to begin the building. See, how much encouragement is in that? You know, and it was encouraging, more encouraging for me than ever it was for Rita, to be able to continue. And, uh, and I did that. And I went on to the next year, the same thing. We went on and on and on. And uh, until six years. I did that for six years straight. Never stopped fasting. Fasted two days a week. And ended up fasting uh, two days a week. Uh, 120 days, between 100 and 120 days a year for 12 years straight and, uh, and prayed those two hours and still praying. But, you know, you never stop praying. But, you know, the answer to overcome and climb, and climb the mountain is just, you know, as, as much as we can do all the things, that you know, to be able to work with God in the spirit and bring spiritual change. When you bring spiritual change, you will bring natural change. And I learned a couple of things. You want to know what I learned? Anybody? Put your hand up if you want to know, because... You know, I've been married forty-four years. Forty-four years together, and we haven't punched each other for at least twenty years. (laughs) After ten years, this is true. After ten years of Rita, uh, me going to church, Rita been in church for four years by this time, water baptized, and uh, she stopped swearing at me, (laughs) which I think was very encouraging. And uh, you know, when Rita got baptized after six years, she was out on the streets of Innisfail the place where she worked as she was, and when she first left school. She was on the streets of Tully where she currently lived. We had all our friends. They had the Violet Smith Park and straight across from the top pub, which was my main place I used to drink, where all my mates were. And we sat out there in nice clothes. We had, had a white dress on with a tambourine singing songs for Jesus. And, <laughs> uh, and uh, it, was, it was incredible. And, and Rita did that. She was just, you know, changed, changed. You know, and uh, one of my supervisors, who used to be my boss and did my apprenticeship, he said, he said, I could believe you could be a Christian and change like I have. He said, "Because you've always been a bit strange, you know." He said that to me, and uh, he said, "But he said, but what I can't, what I can't get my head around is Rita, <laughs> from where she was at." And uh, you know, but you know, I want to say that, you know, I was talking to Peter yesterday about it. But you know, Peter Powell, But you know, the, when when we look at how we relate to each other in marriage, right? There, there is three. There's three ways that we do that, and I found that if we're gonna if we're gonna climb this mountain, and conquer this mountain of our marriages, to bring successful marriages, then we, ha- we have to win it on all fronts, on all, all levels. You know, firstly, there's a physical. You know, and, and many men, I think, in marriage never get past the physical. You know, where, where uh, we have a physical attraction and there's a physical outworking of every marriage. You know, and that's a fantastic thing and must happen, and God invented it. It's not, you know, it's a great thing. We make babies like that. And, uh, you know, and, but that is the very... That, that's the entry level of a relationship. And it shouldn't be the entry level, but most times it is. It's physical attraction. You know, um, when you look at how physical attraction works... Um, you know we have we have over fifty hormones in our body, and for every human response, for example, whether it's blood sugar, whether it's uh, you got to get up and fight somebody, you know you get the adrenal adrenal glands that release the adrenaline hormone. You know uh, the uh, pancreas releases the uh, insulin hormone that regulates the blood sugar, and it's just every there's over fifty glands, fifty sorry, fifty uh, different hormones in your body as a main hormones that would work, and every function is there. And one of the one of the hormones that is your happy hormone is the dopamine. Who's heard of dopamine? It's an awesome hormone you know when you take heroin it's not heroin they get addicted to it's it's the actual um, it's the euphoria that comes from the dopamine hormone that goes through and and heroin lifts the dopamine levels in your bloodstream by over a thousand times of what it should be normally and so when when you're looking at how your body works and why it's addicted to it it's addicted to the dopamine that's in your body that's released that gives you this euphoria and uh, and it just sends your brain off into a a wild whirl of ecstasy you know and uh, and that's what it does and now you know something else that does the same thing Pornography does that, you know, and, and the addiction is just not to, to, to the, the sexual images, but the addiction is to, to, the, uh, to the response from the, within the human body that it releases into your brain. And that's causes, you know, when, you, when somebody falls passionately in love at first sight at somebody at a beautiful person, you know, many times it, there's just a hormonal response. And, and this is physical and it's carnal and it's a, it's a natural thing. And, you know, and God invented that as well. But you know, but tell you what, it can't be for it to, to be able to conquer and to win in every married life in your marriage life. It, you can't live on dopamine. Not for the first for the first thing, because what level you're, you're activating dopamine today, it won't work tomorrow. It won't work in a year's time or two years' time. You'll need a higher level, you need more stimulation. And this stimulation will go right through to right through your whole age and, until it doesn't work anymore at all. Hallelujah. <laughs> when you get older and older and older. And, uh, but you know, so it, it can't be based on just physical things. And I learned this other thing when it comes down to marriage is that there has to be and must be a connection of the soul. You know, like uh, who's, who's heard the term soulmate? You found your soulmate in life. You heard that term. Now, I'll tell you one of the greatest treasures that your greatest treasure or greatest things you ever have in your life and been able to conquer marriage is, is finding a soulmate. You now, soulmate is one who can talk, like Peter and Lindsay tell us, they talk for hours. They go to bed at night and talk for hours. I said, really? <laughs> and, and, but, you know, th- that is an incredible, incredible gift, an incredible power that you have in your relationship when you can talk and communicate on, on any subject without offence and without going off. Be able to sit down and talk and talk and communicate and, and praise each other and love each other through the area of the emotions. Your emotions, you know, you can't... I'll tell you this, your soul can never rule your life. But your soul is very involved in your life. You can't live a soulish life. But I tell you what, without the soul, you can never express those, that true love. You know, it's an expression of what's in your heart. It has to be through the soul, the area of, the, of your personality, the area of your, soul, of your, of your emotions where I'm emotionally involved. You know, we're emo- and, and, and you join it and you link together in this way that becomes very, very special. You know, and only, only a married couple and only people who are deeply in love can express this wonders together. But many people who love each other, and I was like that love reader intensely, but couldn't talk to her. And she couldn't talk to me. We were, we were light years apart in our soul area. You know, and it grieved my heart and it was so upsetting. You know, with all these things that we, you know, we had a lot of things right, but so many things were wrong. And I thought, you know, to conquer this here, I had to fix up my emotions you know I've, I've had offenses a terrible terrible word spoken terribly offended and and wanting to say I can't go forward this and I, and I sat down and I looked at this question I said where 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 do I see our relationship I'd already had kids by this time where do I see this relationship going you know where would I want to be in five and ten years time and where would Rita be if, if we were to end this today where would she be and there was no question I asked myself that had an acceptable answer and I thought to myself, well, therefore, I, I, I have to, we have to change and bring change in order to conquer this. I've got to bring definite change in the way I am, the way I think. And as much as, as, as right now, I can see this is not my fault, and, and I'm not in the wrong, and Rita's in the wrong, and she's not here, isn't that wonderful? Imagine if she was here, she'd be so embarrassed, don't you tell her. And, and, but, you know, this, this is a deal. So what do I do? You know, this is what I do. I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't go and see anybody. I didn't talk to anybody. I, I, just, I was at a loss as to what to do. But I, this is what I did do. I, I, I said to myself, I'm going to pretend it never happened. That's what I did. I'm going to pretend that the offense never happened. And I'm going to treat Rita like it never happened. And I'm going to, I'm going to love Rita like it never happened. I'm going to tell her I love her like it And I'm going to be kind to her. And I was. And I was the kindest I'd ever been. And I was the most loving I've ever been and the most forgiving I've ever been. And in three months, it was all over. In three months, love was restored, peace was restored, and the soul was restored. Jesus restores the soul, but not, not to God, but to each other. The soul has got to be restored, your, your mind and your will, and where your, your will to live together and your will to be happy and your, your emotions are, are stable. You know, when you're emotionally connected, I am emotionally involved and connected with my wife. I'm emotionally connected and involved with my children. And so are you, in a good way. You know, and so the, the soul area, you, we have to get the physical right. The physical is important, very important. The soul is more important. The areas of the soul is, is so vitally important in every relationship, and that's just not in marriage. you know, Where you can talk to people and even an employ, like I have a lot, of, a lot of guys that work for us. And I love these blokes. You know, they're, they're, they're great, they work hard and and we get on very, very well. You know, they're honouring and, and that's how it should be. But you know, there's something about something else about this. If you look at where the real power lies in a relationship, it's not in the physical, it's not in sex, it's not just in the, in the soul area of, of being able to relate well and feel well and, and love each other and feel good. You know, when you see it, you feel great. That could be dopamine working. <laughs> but you know... Um, it's in the heart. It's in your heart. And, and this is where, this is where it's, we are both body, we are all three, body, soul, and spirit. And if we're going to conquer this mountain called marriage and relationship, then we're going to we're gonna have to work on all three, all three. And we have to be successful in all three. And if one is missing, there will be lack and you'll have trouble. True. You know, the, the area of the heart... Tell me where love comes from. Does love come from the soul? Or does love come to the soul? You see, love only comes from the spirit. From the the heart, from the spirit, love comes. Who's the author of love? We all know that. God is the author of love. Tell me what the nine fruits, not the nine gifts, the nine fruits of the spirit are. Who's going to tell me that? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness. Kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control—are any of these produced by the soul? Where do they come from? The spirit. You see, when and when we when we can learn what it is to be able to take on, for example, faithfulness. Faithful, I've, you know, in my, in my life, I've been together forty-four years. I've never been unfaithful. There's never been one occasion where I've looked at a woman and, and I wanted to replace Rita with her—not once. Not on one occasion, not with one woman. These days, not with one man. (laughs) I shouldn't laugh a bit. (laughs) Sorry, Pete, I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) But, but you know, uh, faithfulness comes from the Spirit. You know, a faithful life is a ministry of the Spirit. God said to me, you're trying to fight a natural war. You're trying to fight a spiritual war with natural means. You can't fight a Mary Magdalene. You can't fight the war that was going on in her life with natural means. It was spirit, spirit power, spirit life, faithfulness from the spirit. Come on, when you build that into your life, faithfulness, and call it in your life, and thank God for that's in my life, is faithfulness. Faithfulness. I'm faithful to God. I'm faithful to my church and leadership. I am faithful to my wife and children. I am faithful to my business and employees. I am faithful. Faithfulness is a part of me. It doesn't come from my soul. It's not a headset idea. It's not a brain idea. It's not a mind idea. It's a spirit idea. It's a spirit faculty and function of the Holy Ghost that's inside of me that builds faithfulness. What about love? How can you love somebody when you don't have love within your life? Love does not come from the soul. Love affects the soul, flows to the soul, but love comes from the heart. Love from your heart, love from your spirit. Come on, your spirit's got the power to overcome. Love never. Thank you. Never. There's power in love. Forgiveness comes from love. Ephesians 2.4 says, For God is rich in mercy or forgiveness, rich in it. Because of his great love. I see people in marriage that are talking about climbing that mountain of marriage. I've got this is only a third of my message, but probably about it, be about it, I think. You know, you know what were we saying? You know, the um, what was it? What did I say just a minute ago? I went out to dinner last night, had a had ate all my chips. <laughs> I shouldn't eat my chips. <laughs> Can't eat carbohydrate. And uh, but you know. Marriage, the love of God, all these things. You know, this is it. That's what it was. Ephesians 2.4. God is rich in mercy because of his great love. You know, I see two things in marriages. These are the two quit. I can't forgive. Is that true? I can't forgive. The second thing is irreconcilable differences. I can't love. You see, I want to tell you, the Christian faith today is a religion of two things. Firstly, love. Secondly, forgiveness. Christianity is a religion of forgiveness. It is so conditional. It is so conditional, right through the Bible. If you know, forgive me, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And that might be a horrendous thing. Bless and do not curse. Love your enemies. Do good to those who spitefully use you and hate you. Pray for those who persecute you. Love your enemies. You know, and that could be your wife, it could be your husband. Sometimes is. I want to tell you that, that when it comes out of your heart, when you live and start to get as successful and right in your life and your heart, if you want to conquer a life and conquer a marriage, then you've got to learn what love is as a Christian. You know, 50, over 50% of marriages in America are Christian marriages end in divorce. How is that? Why is that? What is missing from their Christian faith? I want to tell you what's missing love is missing. 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Anybody sing that song? The old Diddy used to sing, Well, beloved, let us love one another. I won't do any more. That's it. For love is of God and comes from God. And everybody who loves is from God and knows God. And whoever does not love does not know God. Because God is love and God is rich in love. God is rich in mercy because of his great love. And we're rich and we're rich in mercy. We show mercy because we can, because the power of love. Come on, love and joy and peace in your home. Come on, if your home's not peaceful, you want to bring the power of the Spirit of God into your home. Bring it into your life first and you change. Like I realized with, you know, with, in my case, I changed. And I bought kindness. You know where kindness comes from? I was so kind and kind. Kindness all the time. Doing kind things and saying kind words and pretending that other stuff didn't happen. You know where kindness comes from? It comes from the Spirit. It's a, one of the spiritual fruits of having the Holy Ghost in your life is a work of kindness. That you be kinder. Tell me, this, tell me this point. Tell me this thing. At what stage in your life did you think it was okay to stop being affectionate and winning your wife's affection? At what stage in your marriage did you think it was acceptable to stop winning the affections of your husband? At what stage did you get to and you thought it was all okay? That we can go through without trying to win anymore? Winning, winning affection and winning, winning their love and winning their favor. Come on, did, we, did we stop doing that? Did we stop taking out having dates and dinners and, and flowers and kind talk and love talk? What stage do we just go to bed and go to sleep? What stage do we just sit down and have tea with hardly a thank you for it? Come on, I tell you what, there's you know, thankfulness is a wonderful word. I was talking to my guys the other day and I was saying, what are the two words that should be the most common used word in your whole dictionary, in the whole of your life? And there's got to be thank you. Got to be appreciation and thank you. Just thank you and appreciate your wife and appreciate your your husband, appreciate those who help you and do things for you. That's true. I never used to say thank you. Beverly Dales told me back right years ago, she said, you, you t- told people to do things without saying thank you. I said, they work for me. I said, just tell them what to do. She said, you should say thank you. I said, I don't think so. But, <laughs> and I didn't. And now I do. I realise it's important. I say please and thank you for everything that somebody does. And certainly Rita. Rita doesn't do a single thing, not a thing, not a single thing I don't say thank you for. Just say thank you, appreciate But you know, it's more than that, isn't it? But, you know, being able to develop your life, your inner life with God, that love, you know, your soul can't lead, you can't trust your soul. I am tell you, trust can only be of the heart. You know, when you want to earn people's trust, if they've, got a, if they've got a good heart, you can trust them. If they've got a bad heart, you cannot. Trust is not from the soul. Trust, trust is only from the heart. You know, if you, trust, you know, you can trust God because of his, who He is in His heart. You can trust you can trust people who are good Christians because of their heart. You know, it comes from the heart. Everything comes from the heart. Love comes from the heart. Joy comes from the heart. Faithfulness from the heart. It's from the spirit. And, and when we do that, your soul... You know, you tell me Mary Magdalene. Look at Mary Magdalene for a second. Mary Magdalene had seven demons. Mary Magdalene was, was gave her life to Christ. She had seven demons. In her life, in her life she was tormented because of this, what was in her heart, because of what was in her spirit seven demons, she was in a... Talk about a soul. Did she live out of her soul? No, she couldn't because she was tormented in her soul day and night. So the soul was underneath and subject to the spirit that was in her life. Is that right? So so we look at Mary Magdalene, it affected her soul. She was tormented. She was tormented in a dream. She was tormented in a conversation. She was tormented in everything because this torment just coming to her life. Torments of fear, torments of whatever... And I imagine many times suicidal torment as well. And look at what, you know, her body as a result of this, what happened to her body? Her body was abused. Is that true? Abusive. Abuse came to her body. And when she is, and, and these things here, physically and in the area of her soul, was completely almost destroyed from what was in her heart. You know, for our lives, our lives, we're going to treasure people. We're going to treasure, treasure our marriage. I looked at my marriage. And uh, I've been with Rita now 44 years, and uh, until death do us part. And that's how it is. I've determined that. Rita's determined that. I love her. I scratch her back 15 minutes every night. <laughs> 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 that's true. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, but you do things for your wife, and, and I tell Rita every single day I love her. Every day. Never miss. I never used to do that. Never did, like I didn't say thank you. But you don't realise that, you know, for longevity and to be able to get on top of this mountain of relationship, you have to do these things. You have to see loving, that's, that's, a, that's, that's an expression of a heart that influences the soul of your partner. I love you. Expression of the heart that influences the soul. Emotions. Emotional well-being comes because you love each other. Express love builds emotional stability. Tell me that's true, Dave. It's true. true. And so as a church, as a church, I've got one of four points done here. And I'm going to finish now. Is that all right? Finish up. But, you know, I want you to think deeply about this. And this this is about all relationships. It's a relationship with your children. The same, same. And if you're just going to get up your children all the time and tell them they're no good and tell them this and tell them that, you're not going nowhere with them. But, you know, that love again, as you express that love, can affect their, the way they think, their mind. It's part of their soul, their will, their emotions, what they do. I was very blessed. My my kids, you know, grew up, and uh, neither of them have ever done drugs. Both of them were good kids, and uh, you know, they they've just been they've been great, and I've been so blessed with my children, and uh, and you know, and, and I'm blessed with my wife, and and it's not a it's not a boast. It's just it has been hard work really has it's been hard work but it's a it's work that you have to purpose to do you have to purpose to do this work and make sure i don't care how good your marriage is and how long you've been married but you can you, you still continue and you never stop never stop never stop